Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Phoenix Rods. Today we have Dylan Melatic. I hope I pronounced that right. Sorry, Dylan. Uh, this is a Young Buck episode, so he's 14 years old and he's from uh, Arizona. So it was a cool interview. I did it when I did the whole Arizona crew. Where you have to redo one of them, which is Robert Meyer, KO9 Media. Um, we had some technical difficulties. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Uh, thanks, Tim, again, for letting us use Yellow Sub. Thank you for letting us use your house again for this whole run of episodes. And I'm hoping to come back in the next couple months and do a couple more, guys. Let's uh, We'll figure that out. Um, check out the event coming uh, December 5th at Chain Reaction, Anaheim, California. It's a toy drive. We'll have guest speakers there, Butch Brown, Mike Gilbert, and Jerry Rago. Also have 20 to 25 vendors from Swimming Underground, Toxic 86, Lateral Vision, Swimming Culture, uh, Black Dog. Everyone you could think of is going to be there, so I'm super stoked. It'll be a fun time to get in. It's going to cost a toy. That's it. There'll be raffles of your favorite bait companies, and uh, I'll have you can see the flyer on Instagram, and I'll post something up for you guys. So please check that out. Check out the Patreon. It's $5 a month. You will get a chance at winning a DRT bait, either the K9 or the Tiny Clash. And you can check that in our profile. It's patreon.com. Look up Cast and Crank. Donate five bucks. It helps the podcast out. And I feel like I'm doing a lot of ads. I don't. <laughs> um, <clears throat> what else is going on? Uh, check out the YouTube. The studio's in progress right now. We actually have another week before I start working on it. So it'll be pretty cool. Uh, we got some big things coming up. I'm very excited. And check out the website. See whatever clothes we have left there. Um, Castandcraigpodcast.com. You can grab a hat or some clothes. And that's about it. Give us five stars on iTunes. And thanks for listening, guys. You ready? Mm-hmm. You sure? Mm-hmm. Positive. Yep, hundred okay. <laughs> percent. What's your last name, Dylan? Um, Dylan Melatic. Dylan Melatic. Yes, sir. That's a that's a different name. What is the ethnicity? Uh, Danish, I believe. Really? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, this is a young buck episode, and uh, Dylan is a stick in Arizona, and I thought he was older. I thought you were sixteen, dude, and you're only fourteen. Yes, sir. Um, 
So where where did you grow up in Arizona? Uh, I grew up locally, uh, Buckeye, Arizona. Um, actually at Hidden Lake. Okay. Uh, One second, I'm sorry. Okay. Actually grew up at Hidden Lake mm-hmm. in Buckeye. A lot of Arizona guys will know where that is. Uh, my own personal property. Grew up fishing every day. And uh, just so Hidden Lake, you you it's your property you live on. It is. No way. So you grew up on that lake since you were a kid fishing it. Yep, pretty much. Did you guys stock it? We did. We put uh, fifteen thousand, I believe, Florida strain bass fingerlings. Um, about four years ago. No and Those way. fish are four to six pounds now. So. So, your dad was in the fishing as well. He was. He okay. was. He was kind of what inspired me into into swim bait fishing for sure. Oh, so that's your influence to swim bait fishing. Definitely one of them. Okay. Um, so did when you guys were were like putting the fi- there wasn't really that many largemouth in there previously to that. You know there was, um, and it was a very very healthy strain still in there, um, but uh, we just wanted to step it up another level. So do you guys like invite people to come? Only certain people come fish it, or no? It's open. Uh, you can go to hiddenlake.com and and find it. And, uh, is it like a thing where you pay to come in and fish? Yep, pay to oh, come okay. fish. Uh, right now, it's nothing special out there, but there's You're some to days. Build it, uh, into like a uh, its own little custom deal. Yeah. Are you? Do you have like a dock and stuff where you have? Boats? Oh yeah. Oh, you do. Yeah, it's a it's a good sized water body. There's two lakes connect to each other: an 80 acre and a 60 acre. So wow. Do you have to make size. reservations to fish it or something? Mm-hmm. Just go on the website and I book your spot. And do you have? What about boat check? Like you have a? Yep. You bring any boat in you want. I would have bring my boat then, man. Why didn't you tell me this before I came? <laughs> um, so you have a lot of involvement kind of maintaining that? Uh, I used to a lot more. Um, nowadays, not as much. But, yeah, with the fishing aspect, for sure. Yeah. Um, when you guys kind of, like, thought about let's – the lakes has always been there. Has it always been something that's been available to people, or did you make it into this now? You know, it, it kind of used to be a shithole. Okay. Uh, before we bought it. So we bought it uh, five years ago now. And uh, we had another lake that we owned down the street, which we sold recently. But I've always grown up in the Buckeye area. And uh, as soon as we bought Hidden Lake, when we bought it, once again, it's a shithole. And uh, renovated it a lot and mm-hmm. kind of saved the land. So it's a pretty recent thing. Still, the, the still hidden, kind of hidden getting the word out. pretty recent. What is it? The Hidden Lake, the one you live on, are the newer ones a recent uh, yeah. new thing to you. So the old one, well, the old lake, did you guys do the same thing with that? Not really. We kind of just had that for personal Fun. use, just yeah. fishing. How was the fishing at that lake? Used to be incredible. Uh, yeah. Used to catch a lot of bass on big baits. That's kind of where I started my, my big bait fishing. Okay. And uh, caught a lot of big fish out of that lake, but had to die off, and since then it just hasn't really been the same. Yeah. And you guys sold that off? We did. Okay. So, um, you kind of got into big bait fishing when you were, what, eight? Yeah, eight or nine, Man, probably. dude, that's crazy. So, your dad was into big bait fishing as well? Somewhat, but really, I don't think he, he understood it like I do now. Okay. Um, my dad really wasn't a super serious fisherman, but enough to get me into it. But then he kind of saw you were into it and was like, let's put the fish in the lake. Let's right. make this a deal. Okay. Um. So when you kind of picked up the big bait, um, you were eight, little, I don't know any kids, so you know how to cast a bait caster already. Right. Pretty good. Little kid. Pretty pretty crazy. I only know a couple kids that can fish really good like that, and that's a that's a, a great accomplishment, man, like to be able to do that. 
Yeah, it took me a while, but <laughs> I'm glad I started as early as I did. So when you were uh, looking into baits when you were little, you are looking on YouTube, what, who were you looking at? You know, in the beginning, honestly, I just kind of thought of big baits as another lure. I'd, you know, buy the little storm trout swim baits from Walmart, you know, anything I thought looked cool. But as I started to get into it, um, Oliver and I on YouTube, yeah, um, the beginning, I think that's one, one video that really inspired me into big bait fishing. And then a lot of my local guys, like Manny Chi, too, he inspired me quite a lot when I was little. Okay. Did you ever want to guide a trip with him? I can't say I have, no. No. So um, when you're taking little pieces from these videos, you go like, I'm going to buy that bait, I'm going to buy that, that rod, I'm going to buy that reel, or is it more of like, I'm going to apply those techniques? You're little, so how are you thinking at that time? You know, in the beginning, it was pretty, uh, it was pretty copycat. Same rod, same reel. And uh, honestly, I think my, my quality of gear has gone down because in the beginning I thought that's what you needed to catch big fish. But notice now it's more the techniques and knowing how to apply them. That's really what gets you your bites. What, uh, what gear are you using now? Some, some cheapies, to be honest. <laughs> um, I run the Guide Select Lexa 300 win. Okay. I mean, really not a crazy combo, but gets that's the a job great, done. That's a great rod and reel. Yeah, for sure. Um, do you uh, now bait selections a di- whole different story? Hundred percent. So when did you kind of go from those little storm swim baits to going like, what's your what's your first big purchase as a kid? Well, actually, my first um, really big uh, modern bait I found when I was ten or eleven, maybe, and it was a it was a nine inch battle shed, and I found it at my lake snagged in the tulies. And I picked up the nine-inch battle shad, and at the at the time when I found it, um, we still owned both of our properties with both lakes. Okay. And I took that nine-inch battle shad to my old, the one we sold now, my older lake, and uh, and I threw it, not expecting to get bit because back then I don't think I understand the concept as well, and uh, started catching big fish. So then that's when I really got into it. Uh, bought some eye slides, a 250. You know, just a just your basic glide baits, to be honest. And since then, uh, my buddy Jake Aubrey, he gave me a 9-inch HPH. Okay. And that's kind of taken over my arsenal. That's what you've been throwing a lot of, huh? I sold most of my glide baits. I have a few 250s. I have a Bullshitter 190, but really nothing special now. Since I got that bait, there hasn't been a reason to. So do you think you could use that application? So you know how you kind of sold your other baits and use that one. Are you mostly fishing your licks? Not anymore. Uh, I used to be a lot. Nowadays, I'm kind of dispersed out into the the whole state, and SoCal even a little bit too. Okay. And I've just noticed my my HPH gets bit everywhere. So, you're fishing like uh, traveling, fishing. That's yeah. what you do. Um. So when you go to these other lakes, are you are you using the same? Like you learn these techniques on your private lake. You kind of picked up that battle shad. Did you go, man? I'm going to throw this like a HUD. I'm just going to throw it out and reel and see what happens. Like kind of what was going on then? You know, in the beginning, I think I kind of just treated it like just another swim bait, mm-hmm. throw it out there and reel it. But now I've noticed, you know, depends on the place where you're going to be and you can apply different techniques. I mean, I definitely uh, learned a lot from my lakes, but I've noticed that those fish at my lakes are a different strain and just they're just a whole different world than any anywhere else. Does it bite pretty easily at your lake, at the hidden lakes? What was that? Does it bite like you get bit pretty easily there? Not at all. Really? <laughs> yeah, that's a big misconception. You know, a lot of guys, when they think of hidden lake, you know, we loaded it with Florida strain, 
it has all those old pit bass is what people call them and uh you know nowadays it's just it can be a grind out there 12 hour days and but when you do get bit it's a good fish do you feel like people are kind of you cussed already so i'm gonna cuss too how about that i do that with my kid because i'm cussing too I feel like people shit on you because you have I have a private lake you know like as a kid and i'm sure instagram can be a son of a gun to you um do you feel like man this this guy got lucky he didn't really learn everything because he had this hidden lake you know what i'm saying you know i think a lot of people think that in the beginning uh-huh. but uh arizona locals i think everyone else knows because they fished hidden as soon as you fish hidden you kind of get the gist that that's not that's not what happened yeah because it's hidden not like can a be, like a baccarat or you know like whatever you know not something, at all yeah, yeah. big misconception a lot of guys come to hidden with really high expectations and you, you can get humbled there for sure. Yeah. So when did you uh, kind of start going, man, I'm going to hit different locations? Like, how did you get to SoCal and start fishing? Um, you know, kind of Instagram, to be honest. When I started my social media, I think I was 11 or 12, and kind of just started making connections through social media. And since then, nowadays, anytime I want to go fishing, I can just call one of my buddies. Yeah. And, you know, I hitch a ride with a lot of my guys just out to Havasu, out to Colorado, get to fish out there all the time, mm-hmm. just through Instagram. You uh, do some tournament fishing as well, right? A little bit, but not much. Uh, how was that? How did that go? You like doing that, or you like doing fishing conventional as well? Yeah, I enjoy it, but I'd definitely rather, you know, fishing solo, throwing a big bait. <laughs> yeah, but so you're learning the big bait. Do you think conventional helped you when you were first doing it? Or did you, because I always have this com- this question to like older guys like Gilbert or someone else. And I go, some guys go, you have to throw conventional to throw a big bait. Some guys go, no, just pick it up. Were you at the point at that age, if you can remember, did you just pick it up and start going? You know, I think it depends on the person. For me, big bait fishing is a completely different animal. Mm-hmm. Um, I throw a big bait, nothing, nothing near how I throw a conventional. Um, but honestly, it's... It depends on the person. Yeah. But for you, you don't feel like you needed that conventional at all. Like, you would have picked up the big bait and done something different anyway. I think it definitely helped me. Okay. But, no, I don't think I needed it. (laughs) Um, What about, uh, so when you were in SoCal, you have a PB spotty that is, for anyone that lives in SoCal, be stoked on that spotty. Yeah, four and a half pounds. Um, I caught two spotties over 20 inches that night. One was 21 and a half. One was right pushing 21, and uh, those were on an A-rig at about 1 a.m. Okay. What the hell are you doing at 1 a.m.? How old were you then? Uh, 13, probably. Oh, man, I would have beat your ass in if you were my kid. <laughs> <laughs> but you were doing something good. Like, I gave my kid a pass. He's, you know, if he's not drinking or smoking and stuff, and he's doing something else and hanging with the blade, fine. Right. So... You came down and you got to try the spy. I talked to other people about spies. They don't understand kind of like what it is. I would say it's kind of like a small mouth on steroids, a little, you know, something like that. They fight really hard. What was your first impression when you caught a spotty? Were you like, man, this is not like what I thought it was going to be? Yeah. You know, my buddy Jeff, who put me on the spotties up there, he did a pretty good job describing them. So I think I kind of got what I expected. But the best way to describe them is a. Pretty much what you said. Yeah. It's a small mouth on steroids. They fight hard. They bite hard. Are you cool from fish. a boat or were you from a... Uh, I was from shore. From shore. Okay. And uh, that's a big fish, man. That's a really big fish. Um, we're using your same gear you're using here? Um, 
I believe so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did you change the lineup at all? Were you using braid? Were you using floral? I always like to use braid and salt. And yeah. salt. Um, yeah, I think 65-pound power, bro, and just a just a yum bro, to be honest. Nothing yeah. special. Um, you do some uh, offshore stuff there as well? Uh, yeah, I'll go out on the, on the party charters every really? once in a while. You caught bluefin before? I did. I caught bluefin a couple weeks ago. Oh, you just went down there? Mm-hmm. Oh, that, that fish was from a while ago, though, right? Which one? The spotty. Yeah. Okay, that wasn't from a couple weeks ago. Don't give that away. People get mad at you. <laughs> um, so uh, you do all kinds of fishing as well, right? I do. You go to Texas and fish for Alligator gar. gar. How's oh, that? Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Um Gar we'll take break down animal. your trip because how, how many times have you done it? Is this only one time? I've only I've only gone for guard once. Okay, so who took you on the trip? Kind of my buddy Max Real and Amelia his Instagram tag. He took me up there. We drove down and met up with a few guys, and they guided us through Texas. We fished the Trinity River, and I was able to get like a six footer, I believe. And it was it's a fun time. It's definitely a grind, but once you get on them, it's it's pretty. It's pretty neat. Just different gear. What were you kind of? How how you fish them? Oh yeah, I had a Calcutta, 850 with 250 pounds straight braid to a wire leader, <laughs> and we were just throwing these <laughs> massive chunks of uh, massive chunks of carp into the main river channel. That's what they like, huh? Carp. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you have to catch the carp first. Uh, they had it ready for us. Really? Yeah. Was it just due to guide? Pretty much. Um, I met him through Instagram, and they showed us around, but nothing paid or anything no uh, yeah but he does he do a guide service or not really uh i don't believe so but okay if you hit him up maybe <laughs> we might have to hit him up dude i gotta make a trip out there um, fishing chronicles on instagram is that what it is mm-hmm. nice you did you fish a uh, largemouth when you're out there i did texas uh texas largemouth are pretty neat it's yeah cool, it's a cool game up what there. lakes were you fishing just fishing ponds but is there that much water when you were there's a crap load of ponds huh? oh yeah yeah Texas is full of water for sure. It's pretty good here too, as well, right? You got some ponds here and there. Yeah, somewhat. Finding yeah. the good ones is pretty tough, but yeah. Did you so on the lakes? I heard there was a big die, uh, the algae bloom, to kind of kill a lot of the fish. Yeah, all through the salt chain, um, Gila River as well. Here, um, how did that really affect the fish? Like for you. A lot. Were you fishing ponds more like a, a, you jumping to different spots or were you fishing the big lakes as well? I was, I've always been fishing the big lakes and uh, I remember five, six years ago when I used to go out to Saguaro and Canyon. I mean, it was, you could tell, I mean, not only you could look at the water and tell, but the fishing is completely a whole different ball game than it used to be. Yeah. After the kills, you know, it, some will, some will say that it almost got better, but for but me, do you think really they, they got better because of less pressure? Like people um, just said, there's no fish there. You know, I think it was better when it first happened. If you really knew um, where to go mm-hmm. and you put a lot of time on the water because those fish were seeking oxygen a lot harder. And it made them concentrate a lot harder. So when you found them right after the algae bloom, you really found them. But a lot, not a lot of guys knew that. And not a, not a lot of guys were out there after the algae. But Why did you? How do you know that? Because I found it. I went out there afterwards, and we got on a good bite. Do you know a lot about like a largemouth since you guys stocked the, your lakes? Did you kind of like learn a lot about them? Yeah, the you process? know, I fished. Um, we stocked it four years, four or five years ago now, and I fished the next two or three years on a daily basis. I fished my lakes, so I got to watch those fish grow. You know, I'd catch them every day. And, I mean, 
it's it's pretty neat with Florida strain because you catch one and then you catch it again six months later and you can physically you can see the difference. Like you guys ever try to tag them? Uh, I'd clip their the the edge of their tails when it first started happening, when they were only like a pound or two, just to make sure I was catching the Florida strain and not just smaller bass. And uh, yeah, I started to notice when I'd catch those fish with the clipped tails how fast they grow, and how completely different a uh, a hybrid, Florida Northern hybrid, what we have out here, and a true Florida is. What was the, the, how quick was the growth rate, like, since you got to actually witness it, like, was it like, you catch it six months later, it's, you know? I found some fish that in four years reached almost seven pounds. Wow. And what are you, what are you feeding? Like, what are they eating? So, eating? natural forage, there's hundreds of hundreds of shad in my lake, there's, there's tilapia, there's bluegill, there's gizzards, there's, you can name it all. Mm-hmm. My lake is loaded with bait, and that's one reason why it's so hard. There's plenty of bass in there. It's just getting them to bite is completely different. <laughs> but you find those bluegill swim baits will work good. That's certain, you know. Yeah, you know, on on my lake, I tend to find swim baits uh, aren't really the thing nowadays. Really. But back when we first stocked Florida, definitely, you could see what they were eating just based on what they were biting with the swim baits. Yeah. You, uh, do you help maintain it now? Not as much as I used to, but really? still a little bit, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, does, like, your mom or the family runs the booking part of it? So, my stepmom, uh, owns it now. Okay. So, she runs the whole, the lake. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you still fish there a couple times a week? Probably not a couple times a week. Really? A couple times a month, yeah. Yeah. When, uh, I'm all over the place because it's how I work. I have ADD and I'm crazy. <laughs> um, you, uh, tournament-wise, what did you do? Uh, Wild fish? West, Bass Nation High School. I fished the little Bassmaster series for a while. Um, I think I'm going to end up fishing MLF Big Five this year or next year. Nice. Uh, up in Cali. So, um, how did you finish in some of the? You know, I've always kind of mid range. Nothing too special, but done done good in some high school units. Yeah. Do they have high school fishing here? They do. Are you part of the team? I am. Really? How does that work? I don't know nothing about it. Um. Honestly, you just pick a partner and sign up, really. Do um, do you have, like, a boat that you guys use, or, like, how does that all work? Yeah, you got to submit with a boater, so. Okay. Uh, this year, I think I'm fishing it with Jordan Van Hatton. Uh, he'll be my boater this year. He's uh goes to high school as well? No, he's my boater. How does that work? I don't understand. So, the, <laughs> so you find a guy that has a boat. Right. He, you fish with. He doesn't fish a tournament. Though. No. He just oh, drives you around, okay, okay. and then you have a partner that you take with you. So on there's his two boat. guys fishing on that boat, and he's just a driver. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is your what your tenth or ninth grade? Ninth, yeah. So you're just starting this year doing this, the high school. Thing. I've done it for the past couple of years. But yeah. Did you do it through? Mid- did they have a middle school fishing team? I fished high school and middle school. Oh, you're that good, huh? <laughs> Man, look at you. <laughs> um, so you were fishing against high schoolers in middle school, and you did okay. That's great. That's a yes, big, sir. yeah. That's a big uh, accomplishment, dude. Um, so, in the high school thing, I we sponsored Max. He, uh, I think he went to the championship. He's a NorCal guy, right? Um, I forgot his last name. It was through. Uh, he works with uh, Jeremy from Black Dog, and uh, he's he did really good. But we, I mean, if you're looking for a sponsor, let me know, and I'd, I'd like to put a little logo on your jersey, or whatever, dude. Sweet, well. yeah. I'll, uh I'll let Mike, the guy who runs it, know. So, how does the whole series work? So you have to fish 
a certain amount of events against uh, are you fishing against other high schools as well yeah so there's probably i don't know 35 to 50 boaters every year mm-hmm. it's not a huge thing but you just show up with your partner and your boater and just go out and fish so here's a question for you and i i talked to big bait guys about this that tournament fish how do you know when to pick up that big bait and how do you know when to put it down you know i tend to i tend to stay away from it in tournaments which sometimes i i don't think is smart um for me, it depends on the body of water. Mm-hmm. If I'm fishing anywhere near the Colorado River, I don't think it's a bad idea to pick up a big bait during a tournament at all. Yeah. Um, my buddy Lance, we actually got on a on a big bait bite before a tournament um, up along the Colorado this year, right in pre-spawn, and mm-hmm. it was the only thing they'd bite. So honestly, I think it just depends on your pre-fishing. If you pre-fish and you get big, bit on a big bait, then you know, throw a big bait in the tournament. But, so you're going to have that sitting there on the deck just in case. Yeah, you know, I use it as a tool. Uh, I'll find fish with it, just yeah. like any other guy. But I, I don't like to throw it during a tournament, for sure. you have a confidence bait you like to go to? Um, My confidence bait really is is the HPH. <laughs> but, but like, say you're doing the tournament, you're not going to be picking up a big bait. Well, are you going to pick up, like, a spinner bait? Do you have, you know, are you a jig guy? What, what's the go-to, like, to just, just kind of get bit? Drop shot? Who knows? I'll probably pick up a chatterbait. Probably my first That's bet. your confidence bait? Yeah. Were you fishing the chatterbait for a long time then before the big bait? Yeah, I have been. My lake my lake really introduced me to chatterbaits. Really? It's a big, big bait out there. Was your dad into that chatterbait fishing for as well? For sure. So you'd and say he kind of influenced you on the chatterbait as well? For sure. Yeah. Yeah, because that's like a kind of something that I like to know. It's like, yeah, everyone, I mean, I'm going to throw the big bait most of the time, but I'm going to go the drop shot, man. I don't care. Right, for sure. <laughs> I go out and I'll be like, I wanna, if I'm not getting bit, dude, I'll go drop shot and I'll get a two or three pounder. And I'm happy, you know? Um, Especially in a tournament. On the big bait, are you using uh, straight fluoro or using braid? What do you like to use? 25-pound fluoro uh, or mono, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I, li- I like to stay with the mono or fluoro. Yeah. Over 20-pound. Yeah. Pretty you, typical. Do you don't need to go that uh, light here? You think that the line doesn't matter as much in Arizona? Not with a big bait. No. You know, I think if they're going to try and eat that eat that bait, it's a reaction bite anyway. They're not looking at the line. How's the uh, pressure at the lakes here compared to Cali, like when you go fish? Depends on the lake. Um, I think pressure affects them more down here. Really? Yeah. Uh, Pleasant, that's pretty pressured. Our salt chain lakes are pretty pressured now. So that's one reason why I like the Colorado. It's pressured, but you can still get bit up there. You like to fish the Colorado a lot. I then. do. Um the uh over the years so then you saw kind of like california where you see more people getting into fishing especially this covid thing the last two years there's like a ton of people fishing yeah you know for sure another place where i've seen uh pressure really have an effect is my lake and it didn't have a big effect but you could definitely tell once we opened up and you know started letting people come in and fish fishing definitely slowed down a little bit did it you were fishing it before anyone was uh, on it when you still stocked it it wasn't it just opened then when um Three and a half years ago, we opened okay. it up, and now we're a full-running wedding venue. We have a bar out there. We have events, fishing, everything. Is there a bar when you're fishing? Yes. <laughs> okay, I've got to come now. <laughs> That's one thing no lake has. You know? uh, but and this is super interesting to me is, like, you, your involvement in this. You know, like, does it make you want to, like, go to school for, like, uh, being, you know, working with fish? What is it, what is it called? I'm stupid. What do you call people that study fish? Biologists. God, I'm so dumb. Don't be me. Go to high school and college. <laughs> <laughs> Not really for me. No? Um, I kind of just like the fishing aspect. 
So you just want to what? Be a tournament angler? What do you want to do? Honestly, just chase big bass with big swim baits. I mean, I want to have a reputation, but I don't know. Do about, you think that's going to stick around fishing. though, man? You've seen Instagram. Do you think, like California? I was talking to someone. I'm like, eighteen and a half. When's the last time someone caught an eighteen and a half in California? Years. Yeah. Maybe they didn't say anything about it. So chasing that big bass, do you think you're really going to get the one you want? And what is the one you want if you do? Uh, I haven't caught a DD yet. I've caught plenty of fish that are right on the edge of DD. Mm-hmm. But, like, overall, I think my my main goal would be a teener at some point. That'd be that'd be great. You think you can catch it in Arizona? I do, by yeah. putting in enough time. I've had a I've had a couple opportunities at fish over 10 and 11. Um, What's the who has the big fish in Arizona? The biggest? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, Shura's fish is up there. Sixteen. Sixteen. That's the that's the big one in, in Arizona. It's so definitely got, the one that everyone knows about. There's this, definitely been bigger fish caught though. Yeah. So the, it's getting. You feel like the 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 bass are getting bigger. As you keep going, you're getting a little bigger and bigger. Or do you feel like it petered off a little? I think it's definitely more been a decline. Really? Yeah. You know, if you look at Pleasant back in the day, I mean, before the stripers and pressure got in Pleasant, back then there used to be 50-pound bags caught out of Pleasant. Damn, dude. That's wild. Back in the 80s. That wasn't on swim bait either. That was like on jigs. and. Yeah, swim baiting wasn't really a thing back yeah. then. I would have loved to, loved to throw swim baits at Pleasant when it was good. <laughs> I talked to... Um, uh, Eric Huff, he owns Eric Sackle, and right. uh, they were talking about um, a guy named Dana Rosen, the tournament guy back in the 80s, and uh, I don't know when it was, but he said they had two cast for 30 pounds. At Pleasant? No, this is in California. This is Castaic, or Casitas. Wow. So I'm like, two cast for, for, what do you mean? He goes, 30 pounds. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, they caught a 15 and a 15 during a tournament. I'm like, oh, my God, dude, that is wild. You know, stuff like that is just amazing. And I feel like you grew up in an Instagram era where it's kind of a different fishery. I mean, I'm not – I've been fishing for 11 years, so I'm not by any means no more than you or been around more than your dad, you know, kind of raised you with it, right? Um, but I feel like the pressure is just going to keep coming up, and it's like, man, finding that double digit, you think you might even have to go to Texas to get it? Yeah, you know, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I think with as much time I spend on the water, I should be able to get it done in Arizona. I've hooked a couple that I know were, you know, over 10 for sure. And I have opportunities on probably a few times a year. So Yeah. I think as long as I keep at it and kind of focus on the Colorado River a little more. You think that's where you're going to get it? I do, yeah. Really? Um, That's not as pressured either. I think Havasu is more like the pressured area to fish right yeah when it when it comes to, co- to the colorado havasu is definitely like the party spot and the and the uh is it is it different on the river fishing like the uh current and stuff 100 percent. yeah completely different completely different ball game yeah did you did you fish that when you were younger as well or did you start doing that as a little older that's kind of more of a recent thing um past year year and a half uh, shore banging same thing yeah i shore bang a lot but i mean i like fishing martinez mitchery all those all those areas down there yeah um, with the learning curve on the swim bait, did you kind of have to go, well, I got to figure out current a little more, a structure a little different, you know, stuff's moving. You're going to hide in these pockets. Like, definitely, how'd you go about doing that? Definitely changed the game. Um, 
I think learning how to fish current with swim baits more so came up north for me. When I started fishing Wisconsin, I go up to Wisconsin every year in the summer, and that's where I really learned was musky fishing up in Wisconsin. And mm-hmm. I'd, I'd never catch musky, but it taught me how to fish in the current pretty well. You haven't caught one yet? I haven't. I catch pike a lot. Uh, on swim baits? How's that? Is that they, those things fight? I don't know anything about pike. What was that? How's the pike fishing? Like, super cool? It's kind of like largemouth? It's like same Completely different. Really? Yeah. Break it down, dude. Um, pike fishing with swim baits is it's a lot of fun, but it's it's pretty scary. Because it'll bite that thing in half. <laughs> yeah. But you're not throwing a HUD or like a... <laughs> I mean, I'm throwing, a, I'm throwing a 250 for them. Yeah. But, I mean, 250 is a big enough bait where they're not going to get the whole thing in their mouth. Are you doing that figure eight thing? Uh, not for the pike. No. I do that for bass a lot, though. Will figure you? eight's definitely a technique I use. Yeah, I talked to Josh Paris about it, and he kind of just learned it up there when I talked to him, and he was doing it. He's like, dude, it works. And then uh, If you know how to do it, yeah. it's definitely a technique that can catch you a lot of big fish, and it has for me. On the shore as well? Even on the shore, yeah. Wow, how deep's the water when you're figure eighting? Sometimes it can be inches. Dude, wow. It'll, the figure eight will all, blow your and, mind. And when you learn all this, is this at YouTube? What is it? I mean, you, you know, got Someone's got to show you this shit. You know oh, what I'm saying? Dude, a lot of it is myself just figuring it out with time on the water. Um, this past year, I've definitely spent less time on the water than uh, than in previous years. But I mean, if you look at me two and three years ago, I'm fishing every day seven plus hours. Damn, so I dude. mean, it's takes takes persistence, but you can figure <laughs> some things out. What about your girlfriend, dude? Know. They don't like that, dude. You can't be fishing that much, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's a lot of time on the water, and I, I feel like uh, learning that way, I mean, as a kid, and you're probably taking this information, in, and, and you, you'll know when you get older, stuff doesn't stick the same way it does when you're your age, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. And, uh, but you, uh, I don't know, and then the whole influencer thing, and do you, do, you, are you, do you get into that, like YouTube channel, do you have one of those, do you have Instagram? Well, it's yeah. private. Yours is private, right? Yeah, yeah I keep my Instagram private. Yeah. I only let certain people view my stuff uh-huh. just because, you know, nowadays in Arizona, with as little bodies of water as we have, i rather keep my stuff a secret. That's a that's a crazy thing because a lot of kids don't want to do that. A lot of people don't want. They want, you know, but I think you just keep yourself more. In the beginning uh, of my social media my social media game, I definitely wanted to show things off, but I realized it can definitely affect the fishing. Did it start burning you? For sure. It did? Oh, you'd post something and then find 10 dudes there fishing? Pretty much, especially when it comes to pond fishing, um, which I don't do as much as I used to. But back then, I used to pond fish all the time, and my spots would just get burnt in a second when I would post. They're looking, huh? People are looking. That's, that's a hard one, man. That's yep. a hard one, and then I, I, I've talked to people that they do it almost as a living. It's like sometimes you got like you got to burn it. Yeah, you know, like it's like oh, I caught this big fish, and you got to take a picture or do whatever. It's like oh, or burn the bait. Right. Same thing. People try to grab the bait that you're going to use as well, right? That's the nice thing about the nine-inch HPH is you really can't burn that with as <laughs> rare as it is. Yeah. Who's break that bait down a little? I don't even know what it is. I'm an idiot. God, the HPH. It's a Gizzard Glide. Um, That's best, who best, makes it. Uh, high-powered herring. Okay. It's pretty, pretty known about bait, but I mean, it's. This is Arizona like, bait. Is it what? Is he? Does he live in Arizona? The baker? I don't believe so. I think no. he's a Cali guy. Okay. Um, handmade baits, 
and uh, he makes an 8-inch now, but he discontinued the 9-inch. And I've heard that the 8-inch is not a good bait, doesn't have a good action, but um, like my 9, as soon as I got my 9, that's when I started selling all my other swim baits because I realized I was like, well, you know, this thing is really going to dominate all my swim bait fishing. And it has since I got it. And it was given given to me by my, my buddy Jake Aubrey. So, um, so when you say it's going to dominate your fishing, you don't think that you need multiple tools to do what you want to do. That that thing does is so versatile; it'll do everything. Um, hundred percent. You need different baits. There's a time for a soft bait for sure. Yeah. Uh, but lately, I mean, in Arizona, any any time anytime there's hot weather in Arizona, that HPH is just blowing away any other bait for me. Yeah. And it's it's definitely different. What's the different actions that that you can can you burn it? Can you it won't turn over or anything? It's good. It'll never burn out. You can crank it as fast as you want, and it's a it's a really tight glide. It's not a not a real wide glide like most other glides are mm-hmm. nowadays, and it kind of rolls each glide it does. So it's it looks real neat in the water. Yeah, um, that's crazy. You know you know a lot about baits, man. You know a lot about this, like a. Uh, are you testing the baits like when you get them are you are you like kind of just fishing them oh i'm saying like are you like sitting there looking okay this likes a burn that doesn't because that happens too some baits are made to just not burn you know 100 percent. the baits that i have now i fish them a a certain way uh but honestly it's just i like to see how fish react to them you Mm -hmm. know fish it accordingly yeah no that's that's a great piece of advice for people too as well who's uh who's a couple guys that you really look up to Hmm. You know, Manny, Manny's a great dude. Definitely look up to Manny. Or who's someone's fishing style that you try to imitate? Oh, that's tough. You know what I'm saying? Like, you go, man, that's kind of like, I feel like I fish like this dude. On social media, I don't, I don't fish like a lot of guys I see. Mm-hmm. I like to fish fast. That's, that's my thing. I mm-hmm. always fish fast. I power fish, cover water. That's how I find my big bites. Um, I fish a lot like Jake, Jake Aubrey. He doesn't have the best reputation in Arizona, but he's a great dude if you know him. And uh, Is he, how old's Jake? 35, I believe. Okay, so he's someone that swim bait fish for a while. Mm-hmm. Did you get a lot of information from Jake as well? Definitely. I kinda, my fishing style definitely is based off Jake's fishing style. He kind of took you under his wing and said, hey, this is how I kind of do it. Yeah, he showed me a lot. Yeah. He's got some big fish, huh? Lots. <laughs> I might have to come by and hit up Jake, man. See if he wants to come on. Yeah, for sure. Is he a local guy too as well? He is. Okay. So you'll go fish with him a lot as well? Yeah, I fish with him pretty frequently. Nice. So you learn a lot from him. Um, yeah, that's that's cool to know who you're looking at. Or some, You know, younger guys, it's like, you're going to look up to someone. When I was young, I looked up to music guys. You know, like, right. search fishing, that's all you do. You're going to look up to a guy that's you love fishing. This guy loves it. He's doing what you want to do, you know? Right. Like you said, catch that big bass. But so when you're done with school, you're just going to fish? That's it? Hopefully. Um, <laughs> fishing, you don't have any other plans, huh? Duck hunting for sure. A big hunter hunt too as well. Pretty frequently, yeah. All right. Nice, dude. Um, let's plug Hidden Lake since it's kind of your thing and you're involved with it. Uh, where can they get a hold of pe- to book? If you go www.hiddenlakeaz.com, that'll give you all our info about the lake. Okay. And if you have any anything any questions about fishing, just give me a DM on Instagram. Okay. What's uh your worst accident you ever had fishing? Ooh. Um definitely had plenty of plenty of hooks in me. 
<laughs> Lots of trips to the ER. You know, I think hooks are probably about it. Really? I had a uh, I had a four pounder the other day on the back end of a lipless crankbait with the front hook in my pinky. And he was thrashing around for oh. probably ten minutes before I got him unhooked, and that was pretty painful. And how I got my HPH actually, Jake gave it to me. You know, it was my fault too. I was standing right behind him, but got a jerk bait in the back of my head while yeah. we were fishing Wild West. <laughs> And uh, so was he Jake gave me your the partner H- in Wild West. He is okay, and uh, he gave me the HPH. <laughs> Sorry, <for> trade, bro. <laughs> but I mean, hey, you want to put another jerk bait in my head? You know, <laughs> I'll take another bait, dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, I'm sure if, if you want to follow him, and he, you know, you look like a decent dude, you'll let you follow. You know, right? Of course. Um, and uh, keep grinding. I hope I can come back and talk to you, and we can talk about your 14 pounder or something. For sure, man. Right? Thank you. Yeah, and I might have to come check that lake out, too, since my buddy lives pretty close to you. and Definitely. You know, figure it out. So thanks again for coming on, man. Yeah, man. Thank Appreciate you for it. having me.